Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everyone, to week two of Maction here on the Believe Sports Network. And I'm your host, Mark Scafidi, former and super proud NIU Husky this week. Because for the first time this season in week one, the MAC has a pirate flag victory to talk about. Yes, my NIU Huskies went into Boston and walked out with a W over Boston College. Um, I watched every second of that game. It was, I thought for sure, going to be a victory early on in the third quarter. And as usual, the officiating comes into play when you play the power five, four now, power four. So anyway, overall, the Mac had a tr- an atrocious week. Uh, the only mar- the only victory of any merit, and only I think the only victory over a FBS team was NIU over Boston College. So let's start there. NIU, I watched every second of it, as I just said, goes into Boston, and they looked like the better team most of the game. NIU was dominant. They were able to run the ball. They were able to throw the ball. Um, Boston College's offense was pretty awful for much of the game. They rotated quarterbacks before they uh, – Emmett Moorhead started the game. Um, But Thomas Castellanos, who came in from UCF as a transfer, he kind of ignited the Eagles in the second half. And the game was, I think, 21-7. to NIU looked like they were going to win. Um, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be another pirate flag victory for the Mac. And it ended up being a win. But boy, (laughs) that fourth quarter, um, really, man, those officials, they made some egregious calls, as as you would expect. When you're a Mac team going into a Power 5 stadium with their officials, they're not going to help the Mac team. If there's going to be a call that could go either way, it's going to go Boston College's way. And there was a pass interference call that I thought the game would have been over on. And sure enough, woof, the flag comes in for a very ticky-tacky foul. Um, uh, there was a hands to the face on one of the drives. Now, granted, he did get the hands in the face, but they didn't, you know, they didn't have to call that, but they saw an opportunity. They could have they threw it. So I think they got 30 yards on that game-tying drive. Um, in penalties. But if you're a group of five team and you're playing one of the power four, you have to overcome the officials in their stadium. If they're their refs, you've got to overcome them because they're not going to help you. You've got to somehow be far enough ahead to where the officials cannot possibly save them because their job is to help Boston College to win the game, not help NIU win the game. But, um, the game gets into overtime. Um, I liked the effort from NIU the entire game. They went there. They knew they could win the game. They had a mindset of winning the game. Boston College is a bad team. <laughs> let's, not, let's not pretend like this is a great ACC team. Boston College is a bad ACC team. And with a performance like this, their coach might not make it past the season. But give credit to the Huskies. They went in there coming off of a disappointing season last year. Coach Thomas Hammock. Had his guys ready to go. And I thought he was a sixth-year quarterback. Rocky Lombardi, the seventh-year quarterback, who basically took off last season for an injury, um, he led the team to victory, especially when it came down to overtime. Um, 
he kind of shrank at the end of the game in the fourth because they also played conservatively. So I didn't really love the fourth quarter, but I loved Rocky in overtime. And I loved how they were determined to not let this come down to a kick, not let the officials have any realistic shot of helping the Eagles win the game. Because all the momentum at the end of the game was all Boston College. I thought, oh, we just choked away a 14-point lead. We're in big trouble. Overtime's not going to be kind to us. But Boston College, granted, the NIU defense stuffed them in overtime. Made them kick the field goal. And I believe the kicker's first ever field goal of his college career was in overtime. So, you know, I was kind of nervous about that. And I thought, man, you know, it just takes one bad break. And the game's over. And this is our signature game of the season. Now, granted, there's one more game um, against Nebraska. Those are the two marquee games on our schedule. So if you're going to have a special season, it has to start off with week one. And the only, the only thing that I can complain about is Rocky Lombardi fumbled the ball. Like Boston College was not in the game. They weren't competitive. The game was, you know, it was like a dominant one-side NIU. And he fumbled the ball, which set up a touchdown for Boston College. And I thought, oh, no, this is a bad sign. Is this going to turn the momentum to the Eagles? It did not. They scored on that possession, so it was a free touchdown. But NIU came back, was the better team for the entire game, ended up getting the victory. Congratulations to Coach Thomas Hambach, my friend, who I texted after the game. Say congratulations. Now, let's see if we can get him on for a separate interview this week, just him um, talking about the victory, talking about the MAC, uh, what it means. They're going to fly the pirate flag this week at Husky Stadium when they play Southern Illinois. So it's a great week for the Mac because we got the big victory. One, only one victory all week, really. Um, now the team I thought going into the season, let's transfer to the almost <laughs> second pirate flag at Mac over big 10 game of the week, which would have been Toledo and Illinois going into the season. I thought Toledo was the best team in the Mac and they were going to have the special season. Like, they were the team that all they had to do was beat the Illini, and they really set up their schedule for an amazing uh, run at one of the New Year's Six Bowl games. Well, let's fast forward to the end of the game, because the beginning of the game, and this, it just doesn't matter. The end of the game came down to a fourth and, I think, four for the Illini. I'm pretty sure it was like fourth and four, something like that. And... Honestly, Toledo had this played perfectly. The, the rusher came in. Uh, Luke Altmeyer from the Illini had a man in his face. It's fourth and four. He's about to take the sack. Toledo has this guy in his face. It's great. I'm thinking, oh, the game's going to be over. Because all they needed, all the Rockets needed to do was stop the Illini in that play, and they win the game. And they walk out with a 28-27 victory, setting up their perfect, potential perfect season. Luke Altmaier throws the ball up. I'm like, oh, well, that's a Hail Mary type pass. Yeah, it was a Hail Mary type pass that went for like, he threw it up there for grabs. His receiver, um, I'm not really, I don't remember exactly who caught it. Uh, maybe Washington or Isaiah Wayne. I don't remember uh, for the Illini. He makes a spectacular catch. Toledo was well covered. Their cornerback was right on the mat. And by sheer luck, the ball comes floating down, and the guy makes a phenomenal catch. That sets up the go-ahead touchdown for the Illini, and the go-ahead field goal. They basically ran the clock out until they kicked the field goal at that point. 
Um, that was the backbreaker. That was the knife in the back of the Rockets. That one play basically controlled their whole entire season. Now, Toledo might have no losses the rest of the year, but that one blemish, to, this Illini team is not going to win the Big Ten. The Big, whatever you want to call it. They're not very good. <laughs> you, you barely beat Toledo. It took a Hail Mary pass to beat Toledo. This is a bad Illini team that will struggle probably in the Big to get to six wins. So they might get to a bowl game, but it's going to be barely. Toledo's dream of a New Year's Six bowl game is now gone. That one loss to a mediocre at best Illini team. That's, you know, let's call what Illini what they are. They're going to be a mediocre at best team. Automatically demotes Toledo's season to a mid-tier low-level bowl game, just like everybody else in the MAC, except NIU. Um, technically, Western Michigan's still alive. They beat an SCF team. So anybody who has a loss, you're already done. You're now relegated to just the early December bowl games, the, the low-level ones. Toledo, I thought going into the season, had a chance to play in the New Year's Six, Cotton Bowl, Peach Bowl, Orange Bowl, something like that. And this loss eliminates them. So, yeah, they still have 11 games left. They can still win the MAC. They can still be the best team in the MAC, but they're just going to go to a crappy bowl game no matter what now. You're not going to get into one of those games unless everybody in the group of five loses and you run the table the rest of the season. So it's a devastating loss, assuming everybody else in the group of five loses one game. Because anybody who goes undefeated is going to be ahead of the Rockets. Um, and this was a this was a win. And I feel bad. I was so watching the end of the game. I didn't watch the first half. I was watching another game. And then I got in there in the fourth quarter, and I was so devastated when I saw that Hail Mary pass because I was so thinking Toledo's got this one. I'm so, so excited for the Rockets. And in reality, it just devastated their season. I'm not going to lie. Their season was – it just went down the drain. I mean, yeah, they can still go to a bowl game. They're still, they may, still might win the MAC, But they're not going to do anything special this year. Uh, they're not going to go to a special bowl game most likely. Um, they needed this one, and they didn't get it. So that really sucks. Um, I feel bad for the Rockets because this one had to be a win. Um, the rest of the schedule from week one, uh, there's not much to talk about because um, it was pretty bad across the board. UCF 56, Kent State 6, that was on national TV. I'm sure FS1 was uh, regretting putting U the Kent State on because UCF's not 50 points better than Kent, but Kent State looked really bad. And I expect Kent State to win zero games this year. Maybe one game, maybe zero. It's a brand new team. It's like an expansion team. Uh, the Golden Knights just dominated from the get-go. Kent State struggled mightily to do anything. So um, it's going to be a rough year for Kent. Um, UCF 56-6. Uh, St. Francis, PA, Western Michigan. This one was close in the first half. Um, probably not Western Michigan's liking. Um, 35-17, Western Michigan gets it done over an FCS team. you got to get that victory. Like This is an embarrassing loss if you lose this one, so this had to be a victory. Um, Eastern Michigan beats Howard, 33-23, another FCS win. It's nothing to talk about because it's an FCS game. So, yeah, you, know, you win the game, you got to win the game. It's an a, extremely embarrassing loss if you lose. Uh, another game of stature, Central Michigan going to their in-state rivals, in quotation marks. Not really, but, you know, we can play it off like it is. Uh, they got dominated 31-7 over the, by the Spartans, so um, nothing really positive in this for the Chippewas. Um, played a big team, 
got totally dominated on national TV. Um, they're 0-1. So, I mean, it'll get easier. You're not going to play Michigan State every week. So Central Michigan didn't do a whole lot well, just like Kent State. So I guess next week is another chance to start over the season because nothing really went well for the Chippewas in this one. Um, Friday, the Battle of the Two Miamis. Well, the, the Miami that plays in Florida totally dominated the Miami from Ohio, uh, 38-3. So another really bad performance by the MAC in this one, 38-3. I mean, they're not competitive. Miami wasn't competitive. Central Michigan isn't competitive. Um, Kent State wasn't competitive. I mean, these aren't like, oh, nail biters. These were pretty bad, pretty bad performances um, against SBS teams. Now, yeah, granted, the other teams won against FCS teams, but that doesn't really matter. We're not judging MAC teams on beating FCS teams. Saturday didn't go a whole lot better. Wisconsin 38, Buffalo 17. I watched part of this one. Um, I mean, it was competitive, 7-7 in the first quarter. Um, semi you know, it was still a close game at halftime. And then, you know, Wisconsin is the better team. <laughs> they won 38-17. So another chance for a um, MAC team to do some damage and showcase, and it didn't work out that well for Buffalo. So nothing, nothing, you know, I mean, nothing, not as bad as the other games, but not exactly competitive here either in, in the second half. Uh, something that was completely non-competitive, uh, Ball State, Kentucky. It was 7-3 in the first quarter, Ball State. And I'm like, wow, whoa, what, what's, what's going on here, Ball State? I'm like, you're winning. And then <laughs> the second quarter came and Kentucky realized they're a lot better and had a 20 to nothing second quarter and then just continued to roll and ends up winning 44-14. So um, a bad, bad performance by Ball State, but a great, a good quarter. So I guess if you want to build off this week going into next, well, next week's going to be rough. Next week, Ball State might actually get, it might be worse. They're playing a much better team than Kentucky. Also on the road. Um, yeah, that's, we'll get to that in a second. Um, Bowling Green, 24, Liberty third. So this was a group of five versus group of five. Um, Liberty got off to a 7-0 lead. Um, and they had a bit, it was the second quarter was pretty even by both teams. Um, 17, 14, but in the end, Liberty ends up, uh, getting five interceptions, which, um, basically won the game. When you're, when you turn the ball over five times, five picks, you're not going to win the game unless you're playing a really, really bad team. And, and Liberty's not a bad team. Um, Saturday also, um, Long Island, Ohio, nothing to talk about with this Long Island, 0-1-1 FCS from New York playing Ohio. I mean, Ohio's back on the win board, after winning after losing to San Diego State the week before, but there's nothing to talk about here. Um, Akron went into Philadelphia and was up, um, and they were winning. <laughs> Akron looked great in the first half. Akron did not score in the second half. Um, I believe it was 17 unanswered points, I believe, um, by Temple. So... Um, I mean, Akron, you know, you would think uh, it was a 21-7 first half deficit for the Owls. And you think Akron's going to cruise to a victory here? And no. Somehow Akron found a way to lose the game. Akron's been known to do this before. Um, Temple's an okay team. But Akron should have won this game. <laughs> like, you actually are, you found a way to lose the game. And 
I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised that they blew a 17, you know, 17 gave up 17 unanswered points. Um, I mean, it's disappointing for all the Akron fans because you thought this game was yours, and it turns out to not be. Um, so Akron falls to 0 1. Temple is 1 0. Um, that was close. I mean, Akron, gosh, you, you got to find a way to win the game. And I'm sure the players are thinking the same thing. Ah, uh, here we go again. Just like uh, last year, they were a lot of close losses last year, and it started off pretty, pretty good in the first half for the Zips. Just didn't end well in the end of the game. So let's fast forward now to week two <clears throat> uh, and see if we can get any big time victories here or any FBS victories. So far, we have one FBS victory: NIU over Boston College, which is also a Power Four victory. Uh, it's not going to come Saturday at 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern. Ball State on the road in the SEC two weeks in a row. This time they're going to the two-time national champion Georgia Bulldogs. Um, this is a 42-point spread. And I believe Georgia's going to win by 50 points. So <clears throat> if you're taking the bet on this one, Georgia, as long as they play their guys in the first half, they should beat Ball State by 50 points. I'm not saying bet the under, but hey, the spread's 42. I don't know if Ball State can keep up. I don't know. I don't think they're going to cover. I think Georgia's going to win by more than 42, as long as they play their guys like a good half. So no chance Ball State wins gets that power five victory this week. I'm sorry, Ball State fans, but no chance. It's Georgia. Let's be realistic here. Uh, Central Michigan has an opportunity to get into the win column playing New Hampshire, who's a pretty good FCS team, but I don't really want to talk about FCS games because they don't really mean a whole lot in the grand scheme. This is a must win for Central Michigan. If you lose this one, you're 0-2, and it's a your whole season's derailed after two weeks. Um, Eastern Illinois going into Bowling Green, same scenario. Eastern Illinois is an FCS team, and really not that great of one. I mean, they're, they're not North Dakota State. Bowling Green has to be a victory. Like, you have to win this game against the Panthers, I believe, of Eastern Illinois. Um, that's it. Bowling Green's got to win the game. Um, simple as that. Western Michigan going for their first. Uh, that Bowling Green is on ESPN+. Plus. Central Michigan's on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Ball State Georgia is on SEC Network. There was no way ESPN was going to give them prime time after they did the week before. Um Western Michigan, Syracuse, ESPN Plus slash ACC Network. This one's at 3.30 Eastern, so the other, the second window of the day in the primetime windows. Um, Syracuse is 1-0. Western Michigan struggled against St. Francis for a, a good chunk of the game. It's a 23-point spread. This is Western Michigan's statement. This is their chance. This is, you know, last week was great. You won the game, but it doesn't mean much. Because now you're going into Syracuse, who's not a very good ACC team. Same as Boston College. Western Michigan, this is your opportunity. This is your chance to show people what you are. Um, I don't like Western Michigan to win the game, but stranger things have happened. So let's, let's cheer for the Broncos. I don't know if it's going to happen for them, but, well, hey, we can cheer for them. And uh, the game's easily watchable on ACC Network. Also, at the same time, Miami of Ohio... UMass, UMass is playing in its third game already. Um, Miami of Ohio, I mean, it's hard to judge 
<laughs> because they got destroyed by Miami, Florida. So I don't really know what Miami, Ohio has. UMass is traditionally very bad. So mm, this is a seven-point spread for Miami, Ohio, even though it's at UMass, which means they don't really respect UMass at all, the Vegas lines. Um, I'm thinking if Miami's going to have a season, this has to be a W. This is going to be a W for the Red Hawks. If it's not, Miami's in very deep trouble losing to UMass. It's one thing to lose to Miami, Florida. If you lose to UMass, your season is not going to go very well at 0-2. Uh, I'm going to go with Miami of Ohio on this one, um, even though we do not know what they bring to the table yet because they didn't show anything against Miami, Florida. Uh, that one is ESPN+. Plus. Also ESPN+, Plus. Southern Illinois, the Salukis go into Northern Illinois. FCS team versus a FBS team. Don't want to talk about it very much because this is a must win for NIU. Um, NIU is on track right now to have the only special season in the MAC. You lose this one, that's gone. Um, every game now is a individual playoff game. If you're thinking special season for a MAC team, um, and there's only one left. Well, I guess technically Western Michigan. So Western Michigan has to beat Syracuse to get there. But yes, um, I don't expect the stadium to be sold out after last week's win. Um, but the Salukis and the Huskies in Husky Stadium, I'm going to go NIU because they're a better team. And this is a must win before NIU goes to Lincoln to play Nebraska next week, who's going to be playing Coach Prime in Colorado this week. So there's a good chance Nebraska is going to be 0-2 and NIU will be 2-0 and going into Lincoln. Um, so that could be a great game, and that could launch the Huskies into a real special season. Uh, Texas Southern, 0-1 versus Toledo. Texas Southern, ESPN Plus, same time. Uh, Toledo's guy, probably going to get on the win, the win column here. I know it's, a dis, you know it's a hard game to get up for coming off of the heartbreaker to Illinois, but Toledo's got to win this game. Uh, they're going to win the game, I think. Everything sets up fine for the Rockets this week to get in their first win. Uh, 3 p.m., 4 o'clock Eastern, Kent State going into Arkansas. Hmm, Arkansas is a 38-point favorite. Hmm, I'm going to go Arkansas wins by 40. Kent State looked absolutely terrible against UCF. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let's just go Arkansas. Every week you're going to pick against Kent uh, because they have a brand-new team. So nothing against Golden Flashes this season, but they're not very good. Um, Arkansas in a big route this time. Ohio at F FAU, Florida Atlantic, down in Boca. Um, oh, Ohio's second game on an ocean this season, which is kind of cool. Um, the Bobcats, oh, man, this is a tough one. Uh, FAU's favored by five. FAU's okay. I'm not going to lie. They're not, this is going to be a hard game for Ohio to win. Because it's on the road, it's going to be a night game in the Florida heat. It's at 6 o'clock Florida time. I, geez, I'm i thinking I'm going to go FAU here at home because Ohio is going down to Boca to play, and I'm just thinking it's going to be tough for them to play in the humidity, um, <clears throat> even though it's been very hot in the Midwest this week. So it shouldn't be a huge problem practicing in 90-degree weather. So I'm still thinking... FAU, I don't know why. I'm just, I want Ohio to win, but I, I'm not sure it's going to happen. Uh, Morgan State at Akron. FCS versus Akron. Akron 
your favorite in this game. You might be the only game your favorite all season in. So Akron's got to win this game at home. Um, if they don't, Akron's in for a very long season. Um, Fordham at Buffalo, another FCS team playing Buffalo. Buffalo has to rebound off the Wisconsin game, and I think they will against Fordham. Um, Buffalo should get in the win column here. And Saturday night primetime, Eastern Michigan with their first opportunity to uh, show what they have against the Golden Gophers of Minnesota, who came are coming off of a breathtaking win over Nebraska last uh, week. So I forgot, Eastern Michigan, NIU, and Western Michigan are the three teams still alive. Um, technically, the two Michigans don't have any signature wins yet, but this week that changes. If both of them win this week, guess what? All everybody's eligible for the group of five game. So, um, Eastern Michigan, it's a twenty point spread for Minnesota. Minnesota looked okay against Nebraska. They got a little help because Nebraska's bad, and they found a way to lose again. So, if you didn't watch the Nebraska Minnesota game, Minnesota is a pretty good team. Nebraska is a pretty bad team. So, I know I know Coach Fleckett, uh, Minnesota. I'm. He was on my team back at NIU. He's a heck of a motivator. I can tell you that right now. The guy motivates like no one else in college football. He resonates with his players. So um, he will have his team ready to go against the Eagles. Whew, I'm going to go Gophers because it's it's a tough game for Eastern Michigan to win. Um, but I, that's, I'm going to go Gophers on that one. So the, that's, the, that's the preview of week two. It doesn't look great, everybody. Uh, I'm going to say the best chance of a big win. I, I mean, Miami should beat UMass, but I'm not counting it as a big win. And Ohio has a pretty good chance of beating Florida Atlantic, so that's an okay win. The other ones are going to be, eh, will be great wins if it happens, but I'm not sure they're going to happen. So I'm going to text Coach Hammock, uh, this week again and see if he wants to come on and talk about the big victory i'm guessing because they won it's not going to be like uh hard to get him on and if anybody else gets a huge win this week i'm gonna try to get them to come on too um that is it for this week's recap and preview of maction going forward this week um yeah outside of niu it wasn't a great week everyone but guess what there's a chance to rebound this weekend. Who knows? Maybe somebody goes into Athens and beats Georgia. Um, or maybe they don't. But whatever. Let's cheer for Ball State for the huge upset. Okay, hey, if that happens, everyone's going to be like taking notice of Ball State. Um, if not, then you know, Georgia's just kind of still really good. But I am Mark Scafidi, and I hope you enjoyed the recap and preview of, of this week. Um, the games are awesome to watch. There's so many. Enjoy them, everyone. And uh, hopefully I'll get another episode on this week with Coach Hammock. So I hope to see everyone back here again this week. Let's hope he has time. And I think it would be awesome to get him to talk about the big win over Boston College. And uh, enjoy the week, everyone. And I will see you back here next week with a recap, hopefully of some big Power 5, Power 4 wins. Uh, oh, by the way, yeah, the last thing I'm going to say is 
SMU, Cal, and Stanford are officially going to the ACC, so the Pac-12 is officially dead as of now with two teams. That was, you know, not a real shock, but uh, enjoy the week, everyone, and I will see everybody back here uh, next week for a new episode of Maction here on Believe Sports Network. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.